Welcome to Kitchen Radio. My name is Rita Catoni and I'm your regular host on this regular show going out on ACCC 102.1 FM in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek and also most likely later on as a podcast. Tonight and any night you can send a text message to me on 0410 218 333. I'd love to hear what you think about Kitchen Radio. We're heading towards that most exciting time of the year here in Alice Springs, yes, when despite the cold, we have a range of fantastic community events, starting with tonight's Beanie Festival. My guest tonight has a long connection with the Beanie Festival and with cake baking at the Beanie Festival and in Alice Springs in general. She's an awesome cake baker and the author of the Beanie Festival cookbook, Scrumptious Recipes from the Beanie Festival Tea Shop. I would like to welcome Annie Farthing and we are talking tonight about cake baking for our community here in Alice Springs. Welcome Annie. Thank you Rita. It's great to be here. And you are the author of that book aren't you? I'm going to correct you and say editor. Editor, okay. Yeah, yeah. I of put course, it together. Yeah, yeah, because people all own their recipes. Yeah, that's yeah. very diplomatic of you. Yeah. <laughs> Look, before we head to cakes and cake baking, I always like to ask my guests if there's anything that they've been preoccupied with in the kitchen food-wise. And, of course, this is an opportunity for me to talk about what I'm obsessed with at the moment. I'm currently obsessed with, with ricotta and it all came about because I just couldn't get my favourite ricotta and I thought, I'm going to make it myself and I'm actually going to follow a proper recipe and I, I did that and I've got to say the um, results are, are really good but it is a bit tricky. Um, how about you Annie, have you got any preoccupations at the moment? Well it's so interesting that you talk about ricotta because <laughs> my latest foray into something really new and different was um, the background to the to the story which is about ricotta I'll get there yeah is <laughs> that there's a small group of us have been celebrating each other's birthdays and rather than buying each other junk that we don't need yet another pair of earrings mind you you can always do with earrings what we've decided to do or what we have done is we um, we got together and we bought a cookbook so Sarah Hill had her birthday not so mm-hmm. long ago and we bought sumac oh and before we gave it to her we divvied up recipes amongst us and so we all made two recipes out of the book and took it round and had lunch. Yeah, and, wow. Um, and then presented her with a cookbook. So already having sampled about 12 recipes out of the book, it was a, it's a beautiful mezza plate that we did yeah. because uh, that's the way um, the Syrian food yeah. lent itself. But what I made was this thing, I'm going to get this terribly wrong, called spiral shabayat. Oh. And in order to make it, you have to make a Syrian ricotta cheese and it was called ashta have you made ashta no but i've got a story about that cookbook which i'll tell you (laughs) once you finish but i have looked at the recipe for it and it is actually what intrigued me about that cookbook was that recipe because it's it's got flour in it as well from memory it's it's got got a thickening agent yeah corn flour yeah so i was i was really careful and bought you know pure corn to start not um not flour um yeah so you you essentially curdle a whole lot of milk Mm. a huge amount of milk you collect the curds and then a small amount of milk you thicken with with Mm. corn flour and then you mix them together and it, it it is like a ricotta texture and then it doesn't really have a flavour other than milk. And you roll that up in phyllo pastry. And the best thing about it then is you make this thing called an attar syrup, which is sugar, water and orange blossom. Oh, water. how beautiful. And cook it. It's a little bit like baklava. Yeah, you know, but except it with it's got with ricotta or with a cheese in the middle the of cheese. it. Yeah. 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 So, so that w- that's been so I had to I looked at it and thought I need to have a crack at that before we get yeah. before we I make it for so lunch. So do you all do you all borrow the book first? Oh, well, modern days, Rita, we photograph the recipes. 
Of course. <laughs> Send them around. No, you, you share the book around. <laughs> anyway, so so I gave it a number of goes, and of course, the kids surprised me. The kids really liked it. So oh, I had yeah. it a few times now. So it was. I thought that I that thought it was going to be so complicated making that cheese, but it was so easy. I've got a terrible confession that my son bought me that cookbook for Mother's Day. Oh. Wow. And I decided I didn't like it and I took it back and got another cookbook <laughs> instead. <laughs> Shh, don't tell him if he's out there. It's a terrible confession. <laughs> now now yeah. you're making me think I should have kept it. Well, oh, there were some amazing recipes in there and they're really quite simple. Yeah. So, oh, now yeah. I'm feeling very bad. The thing with making ricotta, um, this particular recipe I've got, and it's, it seems to be the point at which sort of you succeed or fail with ricotta. But they put like a centimetre of water at the bottom of the pot. And then I wait to, to buy really good milk, like organic milk, that's unhomogenised on sale. So I check out IGA and I look at when the expiry dates are. And sure enough, every Saturday you tend to get baramba milk. Oh, um, yeah. 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 So you've got to pour the milk in really slowly and then you actually put in quite a lot of that's like for one for two liters of milk you put in a tablespoon of salt and um, mm. I think it's maybe about a third of a cup of lemon juice so you mix all that together and then you have to bring it to the boil over it takes about two hours yeah like really really slowly and you're not you don't actually get it to the boil and you have to use a thermometer like a candy thermometer and it gets to 90 degrees celsius and at that point you take it off and you let it sit for 10 minutes and then it all separates and then you actually ladle the curds out and that's and it actually gives you a really, really good ricotta but you need really good milk and you really have to be prepared to just let it, let it take its time mm. to get to 90 degrees so it doesn't actually boil. Yep. Anyhow, that's, um, that's ricotta. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit more complicated. It is a bit. Actually, it is worth yeah. it. Paneer is heaps easier. But, yeah, right. um, so that's my... That's my preoccupation. So, Annie, mm-hmm. tell me about the Beanie Festival. Can you tell me uh, how many years you've been associated with it and, and what the history is of, of Beanie Festival and baking as part of the Beanie Festival? Well, I was trying to think about how long I've been involved. This is the 25th Beanie Festival. So, 24 years ago was the first one. But So, this is number 25. Cause That's start, a big anniversary. It's a big anniversary. Does it have a gold or a silver attached to it? Or right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a great um, T-shirt design. Oh, okay. It looks fantastic. Yep. You know, established 1997, the Beanie Festival. Oh. So, the first one – so, Joan Nixon, you know, is the Queen Beanie – and her auntie, A.D. Dunlop, came down and, and did some workshops out um, in remote communities in Central Australia with, with women, I think, predominantly, and, and asking them about the kinds of things they wanted to learn, like homemaking kind of skills. And they said they wanted to learn how to make beanies. And so um, A.D. taught people how to crochet, and they just went off, you know. So made so many beanies. And A.D. thought, gosh, well, why not I could take all these back to town, to Alice Springs, I know enough mad people who'd want to buy a beanie made out bush. And so they hide at Wichity's. This is 80, you know. Let's make a show of it. Hide at Wichity's. But all beanies were $20. There was a honesty box on the door at the door. So no one took money, you know. It was just cash only. <laughs> and uh, Joe made a pot of pumpkin soup and someone else brought some biscuits and they made um, apple, apple scrolls, I think they had. 
Anyway, it was so successful. It was one of the, you know, those Alice Springs things. And when you go, oh, we we ought to do that again. It was so good. And so that's what started it. That was the first one. And since then, it's it's really been focusing on, Ada used to talk about a beanie-led economic recovery. Good on her, (laughs) Ada. Is Aidy still involved? Or? Yeah, Aidy's still involved. She she's left Dale and now she lives on the coast. She's not coming this year, but, okay. um, but she always sends her love and well wishes. And there'll be parts of Aidy that are still there. But she always she just had this absolute vision and philosophy about it being a, an opportunity for for people to to make a little bit of money, mm-hmm. not a lot of money. So people were paid for their beans. Mm-hmm. So as people are still paid for their beanies. The Beanie Festival takes a commission uh, and that commission goes wholly and solely back into the Beanie Festival and, you know, running workshops in remote communities or doing other act- community activities for people so that the Beanie Festival can keep going. But the baking came about because um, we realised, obviously, if, if you're going to spend a day looking at beanies, you need a cup of tea and a, and a piece of cake. And it was another opportunity... Again, for for particularly women who didn't know how to make beanies or didn't want to make beanies, but they could make cake and yeah. sell cake, and so people get a little bit of money for making their cake. So this, you know, it's it's a way of making money if you don't know how to make a beanie. But you don't get paid a lot of money. I mean, I've no. I've done cakes one or two years, and it just seemed it was just enough money to cover the cost of the ingredients, which is kind of really appreciated. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we needed. We certainly we got to the point we needed so many cakes. You certainly couldn't ask people to to donate that level of ingredient and also people were taking a huge amount of time so you know 15 20 dollars a cake yeah yeah and is it that a few people make a lot of cakes or a lot of people make you know one cake each is that or do you you have these like cake bakers like you're a regular you know cake baker for the beanie festival and sounds like you make quite a few yeah, I probably do. There'd be people who make more than I do. And certainly when I was running the, the cake store, all the food stuff, I couldn't make so many because I was just so busy doing yeah. other things. But there, there's some absolute stalwarts who, you know, turn up with the same thing year after year because they're just so good. Yeah. And then new people come and people fade away and, yeah. So do you give any direction in terms of what cakes you want people to make or is it just you leave it up to whatever turns up? It really is whatever turns up. The the one rule is no cream because okay yeah we can't we don't have any refrigeration system so no cream things that can you know they can sit mm-hmm. around at, at room temperature for for a, a while that that's the requirement. Otherwise, um, it's I used to be really concerned or you know I used to lose sleep over how many cakes <laughs> were going to come and whether <laughs> we were going to have enough. Do you know or is it just whoever turns no. up on the day? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't. Yeah, Alice Springs is a little bit like that. You know, people go, oh, I don't really want to commit. Yeah, I'm a bit like that. Well, I won't. I'm sitting here thinking, well, maybe I'll do it this year, but I don't want to commit, Annie. Like, don't count me in, but I'm just as likely to wake up Saturday morning and go, I'm going to do those cakes. Oh, yeah, I, I've got a few cakes in me. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I've, I eventually learned not to lose sleep over it. And I don't organise a cake store anymore, so I've, um, I'm, I'm, Really looking forward to doing quite a bit of baking, actually. Mm. Yeah. So, how many cakes are you baking for the festival, or have you baked? Well, I don't. Or are you baking? Well, <laughs> well, I tell you my other, my second rule actually, and it wasn't a hard and fast rule, but it's a you know, if there are any cake makers out there, just have a little think. Yeah. Uh, I don't want frozen cakes. I don't want anything that's been sitting in the freezer and come out. I think the real, the heart of it was they're I'm, fresh. I'm absolutely with you on that. I don't care what anyone says. It's not the same. It's not the same. Mm. No. So if you've got a cake 
that you can make the night before because it's better mm-hmm. the next day. Like I've got a lemon and coconut tart. Mm. Absolutely make it the night before because you don't want it hot. You yeah. want it cool. Um, and you want your set. icing to set if it's got icing on it. You want it or your something. icing to set, yeah, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, um, make it in the morning mm-hmm. if, if you can. And and also, we need them, you know, they come in during the day. And what I did notice was if a hot cake comes in, it sells immediately. Oh, okay. If you've got a crowd around that cake stall and someone brings in a hot chocolate cake, oh. the whole, the go, it's nuts. A hot chocolate cake? Because you can't put icing on a hot chocolate oh, cake. Well. What about a tea cake, like an a apple tea, tea, tea cake? Yeah, yeah, any hot cake. With butter on it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. The, say, the saying it sells like hotcakes is real because I just, I noticed, you know, that if a hotcake came in, it would sell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to know how you actually go about getting so many people to, to bake cakes. Like, do you have a, like a phone list that you contact people every <laughs> year? You know, do you have a, a group of volunteers who ring people up or is it just you wait and see what turns up? Well, I, I use, like I said, I'm not doing it this year. So Nick Clavey, um, God bless Nick, has taken it on to organise a cake stall. And we had a conversation the other day. And I, I think we ended up, well, look, she'll be right, mm-hmm. actually, is really what's, what's <laughs> going to happen. It'll be okay. Whatever it is, it's okay. It'll be okay. And, you know, if you run out of cakes, well, there you go, you know. It was a success. It was a success. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... There's, there's a general call out if anyone's listening and they want to make cakes, pre, you know, feel free to bring a really lovely cake down to the Beanie Festival mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of a process of signing in and um, giving you bank details so you can be paid. The Steiner School, I have to say, you know, in the early years were absolute backbone of, of cake makers because we all seem to make cakes in Yes, I was going to say, I, seem, I seem think that's when I was a cake baker <laughs> and you were a cake baker. and Mo- Mothers of primary school kids probably yeah. spent a lot of time baking know, cakes. Baking yeah. cakes to raise money for, for various things. So the Steiner School were really good and there was a really core group of friends probably at the beginning and a lot of them are in the in mm-hmm. the Beanie Festival cookbook, those early bakers. And what we realised too was that, that the cakes, simple and a little bit old-fashioned sometimes, mm-hmm. like a tea cake, you know. Oh, people go, I haven't had an apple tea cake for years. Yeah. So they, they'll buy that or just really quiet, you know, ba- back to basics kind of cooking. Yeah, um, that's what people. And then the reason that t- the recipe book came about was people went, "Oh, can I can I have the recipe for that?" You know, and also so amongst ourselves, all the friends who are baking went, "Oh, you know, Jen Fry's got this amazing chocolate zucchini cake. We should, you know, oh. can she share the recipe?" So we shared that. You know, we started yeah. talking amongst ourselves, and then we thought, "Oh, well, we should share it with the rest of the world." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hence the uh, the Beanie Festival um, tea shop cookbook. Hence the cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you like baking cakes? I love baking. What do you like about baking cakes? Well, I think I think I'm not a creative or artistic person, but I really really am very grateful for the fact that I really like making a cake because that is my artistic creative outlet. <laughs> so know? it's the process not the product. Would would you agree with that statement? I think or both. Cake, cake baking gives you so much, doesn't it? Like does, it, gi- yeah. it gives you a process and you can be creative about that process. You yep. don't always have to follow that recipe. It gives you cake mix. Oh, I love raw cake mix. It's great, <laughs> don't you? How many kids, how many of us have memories of oh. licking the bowl? Yeah. <laughs> love licking the bowl. So that's a bonus. And then the really lovely thing is you go and get to share it with somebody. Yeah. And that's really important too. So it's got lots of stuff in it, I reckon. Yeah. And no, if you turn up with a cake, no one ever says, what you do that for? Everyone yeah. says, oh, thanks. 
That's yeah. great. Yeah. And the acknowledgement, Annie. Oh, Let's yeah. not forget that. People go, that was great. And like you, you get all those endorphins, yeah. don't you? Like, I did something okay. <laughs> That's right. And really, you know, if, no one has to keep it. You can give someone a cake and they can eat it and that's done. They don't yeah. have to stick it on their wall. They mm. don't have to dust it. They don't have ears. to wear it in their ears. No, no, no. They don't have to dig it out every time you come over. Just yep. yeah, No. <laughs> Got to get Annie's cake out of the freezer. <laughs> She's here. Right. That's right. no, Let's sorry. pretend we enjoy it. <laughs> and I should say throughout this show tonight, I'm looking at a teapot. With uh, Annie t- 2012 on it, um, it's uh, not actually a teapot, is it? It's actually a, a beanie. It, it's a beanie in the shape of a teapot. So the the Beanie Festival have a little hall of fame for people who have d- done a lot of volunteering with the Beanie Festival, and they were so lovely to me in 2012 to recognise my work with the tea shop. Everybody else got recognised for their artistic contributions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same thing, Annie, isn't it? Okay, well, maybe that's true. But so I used to, not just the cakes, I used to do the, all the food at the Beanie Festival. It's got too big for one person now. But yeah. What I love about it is, is it, it is, it's the shape of a teapot with Annie written on it, 2012, which is lovely. But then around the the um, the rim of it is like an ermine. I think that's just okay, beautiful. Okay, yes, that's, that's little right. Little an ermine royal. collar. And tucked into the ermine. A toasted cheese sandwich. Yeah, I'm looking at them going, <laughs> how did they get those toasted cheese sandwiches? And it's they've actually got sponges. Well, that's the other thing I really love because <laughs> <laughs> they are. Like they're dishwashing sponges. They're dishwashing sponges. <laughs> so the white dishwashing sponges that she browned with an iron, oh, I think. Oh, there you go. And then a little yellow chucks for the okay, cheese. Okay, look, I'm going to take a photo of that. <laughs> and when this goes up as a podcast, that's going to be the photo. It is so beautiful. Do you ever actually wear it? I don't actually wear it. It doesn't quite sit very comfortable in my head. It feels like it might mm. fall off. Um, but it has it has had pride of place in my office at work for a long it's time. It's very beautiful. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, back to cake baking. I was curious to know if you are a methodical cake baker. Mm. Do you follow a recipe or are you more of a creative, go-with-the-flow kind of cake baker? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that's... That's a little bit dependent. I, th- I I always think recipes are generally a guide, actually. Okay. You know. But I think for the – well, for the Beanie Festival and for cooking for other people, I generally do follow a recipe, but I'm also a big believer in halving the sugar. Yeah. I really think no Yeah, one I agree with you. Most cakes have got twice as much sugar as they need. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So no, no one has ever said it's not sweet enough. So no. no, I don't think so. I will often reduce the amount of sugar. Not in the beanie festival. Just don't worry. If anyone <laughs> buys a cake, it'll have it'll have the right amount of sugar in it. But yeah, which yeah. sort of brings me to the other topic I wanted to talk about, which is like that the health value or lack of about cakes. I mean, one of the reasons I don't bake cakes is because they have a lot of sugar and a lot of fat in them. And if I'm trying to you know keep my calories down, like you don't bake cakes. If I bake cakes, I eat cakes. So. Unless I'm baking a cake that I'm giving away or, or to, you know, someone's birthday or the Beanie Festival, I tend to err away from baking cakes mm. on account of their, um, their, their, their calorie count. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What's your thoughts on, on the health value? Like, do you have concerns about the sugar or the absence of health values with cakes? <laughs> Is there such a thing as a healthy <laughs> cake? You know, like 
cake means it's not healthy and that you can you can add sugar and cream and all those things. That's kind of what I do. I go, oh, it's a cake. Like there isn't health of cake. No, like you're just indulging and that's okay, but call it what it is. Right, yeah. That, well, like, you know, everything in moderation, I guess. And the <laughs> thing about a cake is uh, it ought to be shared. That, I mean, that's, that's yes, the I agree. Line, isn't yep. it? So, so I generally – I would rarely ever make a cake just, just because – um, mind you, I could probably dream up a reason, like I could go and give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. That, that would be one way of getting yep. you know, getting around the idea that I really want to make a cake. So what, mm. you know, now let Who me, can I give it to? Let me find a cause. <laughs> I <laughs> want to make a cake. <laughs> let's find the cause. <laughs> so I, I'm really lucky at work. We have morning tea on a Tuesday. So I get, you know, when I've got myself organised, I get to cook at least once a week on a Tuesday oh, morning. Oh, wow. Aren't you great? Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, that cake gets shared. And I get a piece, which yeah. is nice, but otherwise everyone else gets a Your piece. Your kids too, aren't so. a little bit uh, cranky that you're not making them cakes or that they don't get a chance to get a slice of that cake? Yeah, no, every, uh, often cakes go in not quite whole Okay, um, to yep. work on a Tuesday because someone's got a bit for, like, yeah. you know, morning tea or whatever. Yeah, so which that's okay. And yeah. I'm, I'm in a book club. And I love my book club because we've got this philosophy that some of us really love making cakes mm-hmm. and some of us really hate it. And so we sh- those who hate making cakes shouldn't have to. So don't do it. Like don't, yeah. you know, because just, that's just resentful and hateful of book and clubbers. That's stre- and that's stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. But please let those of us who like making cakes, please let us make cakes. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Th- I, so I love that about book club too because I can make a cake again, be really creative and oh, people are really appreciative. Like you said, and they go, that's great. That's great. And, yeah. and there's a magic quality, I think, to cakes, you know, because they, they rise and like you've got, you've got a mixture and then something else happens in the oven and yeah. something, something else comes out. Like it's not the mixture that you put in that comes out after that the cooking. It is a metamorphosis, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Beautiful. And then the icing then brings out even more, mm. you know, so... I love cake baking too. (laughs) Just before we go to our mid-show song, I just had a bit of a quick question. Do you find that the cakes, say, that you bake for work are maybe, you know, for a different demographic than the cakes you might bake for the Beanie Festival? Like do you change the cakes or do you just have your favourites that you, you know, like today I'm feeling like a chocolate cake or? I think. Like I said, I think I'll go back to that Beanie Festival cookbook, and most of the cakes I make for the Beanie Festival this year come out of that book. They're, mm. they're, tri- there's tr- they're tried and tested. There's just no doubt about it. Okay. So they're fail-safe kind of cakes, and we know that they'll sell. So, and often for work, that's probably what I'll make too. But book club, that's probably where I get a little bit more creative, actually. So I might think, oh, I want to make something different. What can okay. I try? And I've got an I've got an audience yes, to try it on. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> We're just going to go for a mid-show break and Annie and I are going to get prepared for the next part of the show, which is we're going to look at the cookbook and we're going to talk through some recipes. So in keeping with the sweetness of today's show, uh, we're going to have a listen to Sweet Spot by Tift Merritt. During the break, Annie and I have been eating the most fabulous cardamom slice. Annie, that was great. Whose recipe is that? So all the recipes in the Beanie Festival cookbook were contributed by there's some wonderful, wonderful people around town um, and Donna O'Brien oh, contributed that. thanks, one. Donna. Yeah, thank you, Donna. <laughs> I really love the, you know, the crust. It's like mm. crust but it's a little bit of pastry on the bottom it's, it's and then the darkness and the softness and the, the aromatics of the cardamom. On the top, yeah. Yeah. It's not actually pastry. You, you mix your flour and your brown sugar mm-hmm. with butter and cardamom, and then you put half of it in a tin and push it down really hard. Okay. And then the other half you mix the wet ingredients yeah, with. Yeah, of course, yeah. 
and just pour it on the top. So it's yeah. actually it's kind of yeah, it's really interesting to think that the really thin layer at the bottom yeah, yeah. Is, is half yeah. of what's on the of top. what's on top. Yeah, I do a similar one that Castagnaccia cake. I don't know if you remember where it had chestnut flour and then rosemary through it. And, and pine nuts. So it's quite similar as mm. well, but it doesn't have any um, spice. It's just the, the chestnut flour has a spice. But um, yes, I, I used to make that for the Steiner Fair, actually, ah, never yeah. for the Beanie Festival, because I was always feeling that the Beanie Festival, like the demographic for the Beanie Festival, were like conservative in terms of taste. And so I was always looking for something like my, my Annie Violet's tea cakes or something like that and it's sort of the Beanie Festival's got that certain feel about it that it's an old timey type um, event. And I think I really think that's why some of those old recipes work well. Joe's mum used to make honey joys. Oh yeah yeah I get excited about honey joys. It's like um, butterfly cakes. I get really excited. It reminds (laughs) me of childhood and I never make butterfly cakes or honey joys. Well we there was this lovely uh, man who's no longer with us who used to, every Beanie Festival, he'd come over and he'd buy 20 Honey Joys at a time, you know, because mm. he, he hadn't had them since he was six and uh, and he'd, he'd take them home and come back the next day and buy a whole lot more. He was oh. so lovely. And, yeah, the Honey Joys, it was really amazing how fast they sold because it was something that you had people hadn't thought of for a while. Yeah. Seen and then, oh, yes. Honey yeah. Joys. Honey yeah. Joys. I want to talk about this cookbook. First of all, I want to talk about the cover is really quite, beautiful mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it looks like a Sally Mumford painting is that right? It is so the original Beanie Festival cookbook was printed in 2006. I asked my partner at the time Richard Waring if he would do a picture so he had two emus with beanies on over oh, a okay. tea. Oh yes I've seen that one that gets used quite a bit I think still yeah, doesn't it? Yeah yeah and then for the Beanie Festival just generally the, yeah yep. yeah and then, uh, so when we updated it in 2009, I, th- I wanted to have something very similar mm-hmm. um, that looked a little bit the same but also looked a little bit different. And so this, uh, Sally Mumford had already drawn this and we it's part of a, a much bigger poster and so we asked her if we could just use that little bit on the cover of the cookbook. Oh, so was it a poster for the Beanie Festival? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. So it's yeah. two birds with a teapot and some teacups in yeah. between them. It's yeah. Awfully cute. So it echoes those original emus really beautifully. Yeah. So this is the uh, new edition we're holding here, the 2009 edition. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And did you add more recipes between the two? Yes, we did mm-hmm. uh, and corrected a mistake or two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, we, we people were, were keen to, to have some more recipes in there. Uh, look, a couple of other things just of interest that we added. Pumpkin soup's been an absolute part of the Beanie Festival. It has been. And so... Yeah. Um, so do you make one big vat of it or does everybody come in with their version of pumpkin soup? Well, you know, we, we've grown up. So we used to be... But different people made pumpkin soup and they just bring whatever they, they mm. their pumpkin soup. So Gary Fry had a pumpkin <laughs> soup. Jen Fry had a pumpkin soup. Uh, Pamela Bladen had a pumpkin soup that's in there. Oh, my gosh, look at all those pumpkin soup recipes. So we collated the pumpkin soup <laughs> recipes in the book as well. I think I've got one in there too. So And, and they're great because sometimes you want to make a different kind of pumpkin yeah. soup. Um, but but the quantities became such that that got outsourced. So Purple House have done a lot of our pumpkin soup Oh, cooking. okay, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a lovely thing for them to do. And the other recipe that's in here, which was such part of the Beanie Festival, is um, for Malu Whipple or Kangaroo Tail. Oh, great. Because you often do have women um, 
cooking kangaroo tails outside there in the Beanie Festival, don't yeah. you? Yeah, 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 and selling it. So the recipe was uh, given in language to Megan Hatton, who translated oh, it for us. Oh, and, and so you've got the pitinjara there as well as the English. Uh, no, we don't have uh, the pitinjara as well as the English, but um, oh, okay. yeah, no. But we've got. It was just lovely that um, that Megan yeah. sat down with um, with Nyunkana and and did it for us. So wow, what yeah. a fantastic cookbook. And you can't buy it, but you might be able to get it out from the library, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I didn't know there's a copy that I fancy that. I think so. Oh, when I did a search on it, it sort of took me to maybe Trove or the library. I'm not quite oh. sure. It, they should have a copy in the library if they, they should. don't. They should. They should. Maybe. We'll have to have a word with Liz Marnie and see yeah, what's we'll in the archives, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Given that there is a Liz Marnie uh, recipe there that yeah, I yeah. saw. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, what are your favourite recipes? What do you say your three go-to recipes in this cookbook? Oh, I mean, gosh. is the cardamom slice one of the go-tos? Look, I th- if you want to impress people a little yeah. bit, uh, the cardamom slice is great. And as I think Donna pointed it out in the recipe, like it just smells so good, mm. and it's got this lovely sugary crust. And and if you if you take it to work for you know for tea, people don't often eat cardamom like that. But it's so it's a little bit exotic. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's, it's different enough, but but familiar enough. Yeah, it's not really one of those like um, old timers spices. You no. know, it's not like cloves or nutmeg or cinnamon that you would normally have in some of those you know old style uh, recipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people think it is quite exotic. So that's mm. a that's a good go to one. It's easy. Yeah, and it's yummy and you know. It ticks a lot of boxes. Liz Marnie put a recipe in there, which I, I have to say this one because this is my son. Both my boys would this is their favorite, particularly banjo, and it's vanilla pear cake. I'm just I'm picking the bits can off I the book. Can I just ask? Can I, sorry, it's an aside. <laughs> does that have unsalted butter in it? It doesn't have any butter at all. Although that's good. No, it's just that as an aside, your son did come and borrow um, 250 grams of unsalted oh, butter he? from me. <laughs> To bake a cake, promising me he would give me a slice the next day. And uh, oh. I never saw the butter again and I never saw the cake again. So that's just a little uh, little aside there. Um, oh, yeah, anyway. really? Yeah, I thought that might have been what he I, – I thought it was a pear cake. But anyway, so a vanilla pear cake. Can we go through the recipe? Look, this is – I don't – I don't know where this kind of recipe comes com- from, except sometimes I want to think it's like a clafooti, which is like a green oh, thing, isn't yeah. it? So you really make a batter. So it's got eggs and milk and sugar and lemon zest and vanilla mm-hmm. and flour. So it's got no butter mm. in it and you mix that up and it's that that's like a pancake mix essentially. Really. Yeah, it it's is. A yeah. yeah. And then you mix a whole lot of pear, th- chopped up pears through it and cook it for about 50 minutes. So it's a long time. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons kids love it so much is it's, it's kind of a little bit gooey because it's got all this lovely cooked pear through yeah. it and it's... There's 900 grams of pears in there. So it's a... It's, it's a, a lot of pears. And so the pears are actually cooking as well. So you're not putting in cooked pears, but your pears are cooking throughout cooking the actual through it, yeah. process. Yeah. Oh. And does it have icing sugar sprinkled on top? Look, you can put icing sugar on it. What I what I have done, what, well, what Liz had said is you put you could dollop some butter on the top mm-hmm. of it if you wanted to. But I my little go-to thing is actually spraying it with a little bit of olive oil, if you've got an oil mm-hmm. sprayer, and sprinkling spices on it. Okay. So I used to have a lovely Middle Eastern spice mix oh, I'd put nice. on that. but yeah. Or, you know, a little bit of cinnamon oil. Because I can imagine it, it could go any way, you know. It's probably got such mild ingredients there that you could put like a star anise or a cinnamon or any number of spices which would give it a slightly 
different flavour. Yeah, yeah. You could make it quite exotic, but it's re- it, mm. it is such a go-to. Like, and it because it's got all that pear in and it's really moist. It, it, it'll never dry out. Mm. It'll, it'll never dry out. So, th- I have to say, I did make used to make that a lot for the kids when they were little and take that to school. Wow, I wouldn't have thought of it as a like a kids' cake because a clafferty tea I would never think of as kids' cake, but oh. that sounds lovely. You've said that word better than I did. <laughs> did you? <laughs> What are some of your other ones? Oh, look, there's so many. I reckon I couldn't I couldn't go past giving a bit of a shout-out to Jen Fry, though, because um, when the kids were all little, she used to make this chocolate zucchini cake. And I guess as mothers, we're all quite taken with that because... Because the zucchini, the it's got some vegetable in it. <laughs> and the kids hate zucchini, so it's a way of smuggling it in. Yeah. So I've never made a chocolate zucchini cake, I can tell you. So oh, can well. we... Have a bit of a um, a look at the recipe. A look at the recipe, and let me just look at the page fourteen in the new book. Here we go, by Jen Fry. So, what are the ingredients? So, you've got zucchini. Are they grated zucchini? Yes, grated zucchini. And I, I haven't got it in here. But one of the one of the things I I learnt as a mother mm. is peel the zucchini. Oh, really? Yeah, because if you don't, there's bits of green in it and the kids and are they so know. onto it. Yep. What's the green? It's got zucchini in it. But otherwise, so note they yourself. They don't know. Yeah, peels the zucchini. Like if you're serving it to adults, it doesn't matter unless yeah. you've got adults who don't want to eat zucchini either. But peel, yeah, peel yeah. the zucchini. How many zucchinis? Uh, well, it's, I've got Probably three. I've got grams there. but Three cups, so 350 grams, but three cups roughly of zucchini. So, yeah, okay. It's one of those things. You know, again, it's a guide. Yeah. I mean, are you squeezing the no. moisture? Oh, really? No, 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 no. So it's a really moist cake. It's yeah. A, it, because it's got the zucchini in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, and are you so? Do you start off like a normal cake, like you've got butter, like I see, it's got beat, butter, beat twenty-five butter grams of butter, a cup yeah. of brown sugar, then you're adding your eggs. eggs. You're not separating your eggs from your whites. No, no, cream. You know that cream, butter, and sugar. Add the yeah. eggs, um, put the flour in, and then you've got. Looks the like two and a half cups of flour. Two and a half cups. It's a nice big cake. Yeah, it's a good big cake. Good birthday got cake. Some vanilla kids. essence, and then half a cup of yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah. Oh, half a cup of cocoa. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and then two teaspoons of bicarb. So this is going to the bicarb is going to give you that darkness, isn't it, with the cocoa as well? Oh, okay. Cinnamon, yeah. mixed spice, salt. You and you're adding just all this at the end. Yeah, I use zucchini at the end. And yeah, then yeah. um, and you just got chocolate to sprinkle on top. Yeah. Okay. So you mix all that together. And what sort of a tin? This is any particular tin, a square tin, a round tin? Well, I, it's, I've got a here twenty-five centimeter square tin. But you know, yeah. uh, look, I, I and I go through phases. Do you have r- of a round tin versus a square tin? I have certain cakes that I always cook as square tins, but I've got a really beautiful carrot cake, the Burke Street Bakery carrot cake recipe I use, and I've now moved. The actual recipe is for a round cake and you slice it, which is make, makes it unusual because it's got a layer in it. But I just find I now just cook it in a square cake because I can cut slices a lot a lot more easily. Yep. And also, you know, like, did you know this, that when you cut a slice of cake, the whole point about it is it's a little bit like cheese, that everybody gets a fair share of the middle of the cake as well as the drier outer parts of a cake and that's yes. why cutting a cake in um in slices like a round cake in slices yeah. mm. is a very democratic process whereas with a square cake or rectangular cake like it's not quite as egalitarian so you might be you might get one of those dry corners as opposed to someone else might get the 
soft middle or middle. possibly the uncooked middle, depending mm. on how good a cook you are or how good an oven you have. But mm. anyhow, that's a complete aside. But yeah, I tend to have certain um, recipes I'll always use round cake tins and other recipes I'll always use square. I, I don't have many recipes where I would have to change them apart from sponges. Oh, I think the sponge always has to be round. No, no, I'll often do like a square sponge. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll d- I might do it if I'm doing a roll sponge. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that, but I put that in a Swiss, like a... A Swiss. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking... Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. I would never do like a big thick sponge in a square tin. No. I would always do that in a round in tin. A round tin yeah. And I don't know why, but I suspect I've been conditioned here. <laughs> <laughs> so have you. Well, having worked, having worked on cake stores for such a long time and, you know, serving cake, there are some cakes that are really annoying if they're round. Yeah, you know, because, because they're actually quite same thing. They're hard to slice up, yep. and it's hard to get that slice looking good, yep. and to have a fair amount of um, cake. So, how do you decide how what goes in a slice of cake at the Beat Festival? Well, because there's a really inexact science. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not a maths. <laughs> well, and how and how much are you selling a slice for? Because that's part of it as well, isn't it? Do you do you cut it up and go look? Oh, I think that's worth about five dollars, or that's worth about four dollars fifty. Yeah, look, you know that it, it isn't an easy thing to do, and I think well, you know, there's certainly if you if you bring in an, you know an orange almond cake, you get more for it because we know the ingredients are more yeah, expensive that's true, than, yep. than you. Or maybe you can cut it. Oh, you'll get more money for the ingredients and then you can actually charge a bit more. Well, tar- yeah, charge a bit more. Or a chocolate brownie that's got, you know. Although I've got to say, yeah. like the the almond orange cake, although it has expensive ingredients, the process is like really easy, mm. right? Mm, yeah. Whereas some other cakes, the mm. process is a little bit more complex, you know, like a sponge cake, there's a high level, there's a high risk of <laughs> failure. Whereas I think you should take that into account. We, d- we well. don't pay danger money. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Look, you know, and I'm sure not everyone's always happy, but I think, you know, generally it's, it's a community event and people it's are true. pretty happy about yeah. it. So, so no one says, oh, I don't think that's good value for money. No. I think I need a bigger slice of cake. <laughs> no, no. And I think, you know, well, often we've got a certain demographic of volunteer too and I think people, when people really understand that actually people are being paid to make these cakes, yep. this is not a they, – they're not wholly – I mean, they're volunteering mm. their time really, but um, then, then people are prepared to make it you know, pay a little bit more money and also knowing that the whatever profit that is made mm-hmm. is channelled back into the Beanie Festival, it's really, really important. So people often ask us, oh, who are you raising money for? And we'll mm-hmm. say, it, it's wholly and solely the Beanie Festival. Like it runs on the smell of an Aldi Rail yeah. Festival and it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is such a fantastic festival. It, is, it really yeah. is. Can I just finish off the zucchini cake? Yeah, Can you yeah, just yeah. tell me how long we cook that for? Well, it says in here 45 minutes. What I was going to say to you, though, this yeah. is a really versatile cake because it's got all that zucchini in it, I think. Yep. It's not a cake that's going to dry out in a hurry. So I think it was such a popular cake for birthday cakes because you could cut it into all sorts of shapes. You could put mm. it in a bun. So, tin, so it holds square, its shape. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and then you could decorate it with whatever you wanted. So it was a good cake. Yeah, good cake like that. and is it like a carrot cake? Does it have like a standard icing? Yeah, like carrot cakes always got a cream cheese icing. Does this? I can't see any icing on it no. except a sprinkling of um, of, of cocoa chocolate. over or cocoa or chocolate over the top, which is it. Well, look, I have to say my go-to icing for chocolate cake, yeah, yeah, is uh, is Nutella. <laughs> Seriously? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate would never, never occur to me to put Nutella. Like, do you just use it straight or do you mix it with a bit of 
butter and no, um, oh really? Straight. You might have to stick in the microwave for a few minutes to get it a bit gooey. I, I think this is another Lismani story actually that uh, she made a cake and a chocolate cake. Yeah, and I ate it. I'd never eaten a teller before, and uh, I said, "This is an amazing cake. This icing is absolutely <laughs> extraordinary," and she wouldn't tell me what it was. Oh my gosh! Yeah, until. I don't know, months later I finally got it out of her. She had to fess up with some degree of shame, I feel. Well, I kind of feel it is too because it's a little <laughs> bit like cheating. Sorry, Liz. I just feel that it's cheating, you know. But anyway, so and you, you don't accept packet mixed cakes, do you? Oh, no. That's good. I just thought it's worthwhile. I know this is a, like a cooking and a food show, but there are some people out there and that's all they can cook is. And look, that's okay, but not for the Beanie Festival. The like they don't want your packet mixes. You, you asked for rules before and it yeah. didn't even occur to me that yeah. it was a rule because it was just unthought of. No, I know. Yeah, and okay, look, really, bake caking is such a simple art, I do think. You yeah. know, but it is an art. And you have to start young. How old were you when you first started? My grandmother would have taught me how to cook and there's a lovely recipe for my nana in, here, oh, in this okay. book as well. Yeah, so my mum wasn't a great – she wasn't – that wasn't her thing really. Yeah, but my grandmother's well, was a good absolutely cook. taught me how to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've made sure my kids are onto it young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't say the same for my son but I, I certainly started – Baking in, you know, I've got lots of sisters. We were we were sort of having bake-offs from quite an early age. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, oh, c- can I share a little something? Sure. That, uh, where I used to, mum was a teacher, so I used to get home from school often by myself with the first one home and I would cream a little bit of butter and sugar. <gasps> yes, my just, sister would just do to that. Eat that. She would just get butter and she would put it in the sugar and she would eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. my confession is that when I first started baking cakes, I didn't really understand what it meant to cream butter and uh, sugar. Yeah, because I don't think my mother actually taught us how to bake cakes. We had to work it out ourselves. We had like carte blanche for the kitchen, do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, but we had to work it all out ourselves. So for many years, I didn't know what it meant. Like it seems obvious to cream butter and sugar, you know. But mm. then, and then I think I might have seen something, and I thought, oh, it's got to look like cream. So you've got to make it look like, like cream. cream. Well, can I? Did you, you've got, you had a mix master that growing? Yeah, up that's right. A sunbeam yeah. mix master. A yeah. sunbeam mix master. Yeah. You know, I have got my nana's sunbeam uh, sun oh, mix master. No way. That was bought before I was born, and it is it's still working. It's still a go-to. And my daughter, for her twenty-first birthday, I found a sunbeam mix master in a second-hand store uh, down at Borough. And, oh. and gave it to her for her 21st because I thought this, these things never wear out. No, and do you know, Annie, I'm quite sure that they've now got like new versions of them. Oh, well. But she, which aren't as good as the old versions. But, but, but yeah. yeah, look, yeah. I, I do have a KitchenAid. I, I did think about getting it. Oh, and right. I have I have over the years bought some of those beautiful Pyrex bowls from those Mixmasters and oh. I think they're such beautiful bowls. Yeah. But um, I do find the KitchenAid has a slightly superior action when it comes to creaming <laughs> Butter and sugar <laughs> and whipping egg whites. There's nothing quite like it. Sorry. Oh, dear. <laughs> so many things to think about with cake baking. I was going to talk about my mandarin and chamomile cupcakes, which is something I have made for the Beanie Festival. But um, I'm just going to just briefly talk about it. And I don't know what it was about this particular recipe that made me want to like when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to cook for the Beanie Festival. Because I think it had an oldie-worldy charm, but then it's got chamomile in it. Yeah. So it was a really funny one where you actually cooked up milk and chamomile together and then you let that cool 
And then you just beat up butter and, and sugar and then you um, got a whole mandarin that you blitzed up and then a whole of mandarin peel. I know. It's a funny Unco- recipe. Uncooked. Uncooked, wow, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you added semolina and the milk and, and flour. So I had both semolina and flour. And then you make little cupcakes out of it and then you made uh, an icing with the um, mandarin juice and the zest. So some of those citrus mm. icings are so beautiful because mm. that's where you've got the sugar and then the, the sourness the and then you drop a little chamomile flour on top. It is actually quite a nice cake because it uses some of that idea of that um, almond and orange cake that Stephanie Alexander one. So, you know, in terms of using the whole the whole fruit. The whole, yeah. But then it's got like semolina in there. And I, I don't yeah. know what it was about that recipe that made me want to make it for the Beanie Festival. Oh, so can we but expect that? Oh, um, possibly. Yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. But look, it's what it's getting on to six <laughs> o'clock on a Friday night. I think I've got all the ingredients, Annie. Mm, Maybe, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I look, I'm in that phase of my life. I've only got my, I've only got one child. I only had one child, and I don't bake cakes at the moment unless I've got someone to bake them for. Because otherwise, I just eat them. And, you know, once upon a time, you know, one cake, you know, you'd be flat out, there'd be nothing left for the week. Whereas now it's like that cake keeps going on and on and on <laughs> and there's no one to eat it. So I'm not baking cakes. But, yes, I, I think um, I'm going to do that for the Beanie Festival. Yeah. Well, there's a few thousand people to cook for, Rita. Wow, that's how many. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the Beanie Festival, it's on tonight. Tonight, big opening, yes. Big opening tonight and then on Tomorrow and on Sunday. And Monday. And Monday. Oh, I didn't realise that. Wow. Yeah, Monday, yeah. And you want to come and get your, your cake and your tea and your pumpkin soup after you've bought your beanies, right? You don't want to be eating cake while you're looking at beanies. No, or you can look and then have a break. and then Yeah, look and then come yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how many beanies are you expecting? Uh, I think if I've got it right, there's 6,200 beanies that have come in. Say that again. 6,200. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, no. I love the Beanie Festival. And they're all different to the 6,000 that came last year too. (laughs) And they're fantastic beanies. Like this is the place to get your beanies from. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about it tonight. One last thing. So we've got the um, Alice Springs show coming up because it is the beginning of the the big events calendar of Alice Springs. We've got the show coming up, um, the Alice Springs show, and I'm hoping to have a judge. I won't say who and possibly a cooking steward. (gasps) Oh. On Kitchen Radio, talking about the cooking entries. I know. I've entered. Have you entered? What have I you have. entered? Well, oh, look, I entered the muffins, I think. Oh, yes. I entered the um, lemon butter. Oh, I'm so glad we're not competing against <laughs> one another, Rita. <laughs> Anyhow, I hope you're all out there cooking. If not for the Alice Springs show, then for the Beanie Festival. Food for Alice tomorrow at 9am. Uh, and there's lots of produce at the moment. We're going out tonight with Mahala by the Carolina Chocolate Drops because the Carolina <laughs> Chocolate Drops, I mean, it's such a great name of a band and a great band for um, Kitchen Radio. And this is called Mahala. Good night. I'm Rita Katoni and you've been listening to Kitchen Radio. And once again, thank you so much, Annie Farthing, for being on my show tonight. And I hope you have a fantastic Beanie Festival. Thank you. Yes, I think we all will. Fantastic. Okay, good night.